This is Four Network. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Death and is scheduled for one hour. Maybe more. It has no real time limits making their way into your ears. First, from a place called Garniston, he is the Pyramid. And it's going to be the funniest podcast out there because that's what I'm all about, baby. The comedy and the money. And his partner, Fela Tapender Stevenson. For Mecca City to Beef Community Centre, I've got stories that are going to blow your mind. Hello and welcome back to Wrestling Daft. My name's Rob Florence and it is episode two of Wrestling Daft. Very exciting to be here and I'm joined always by my beautiful co-host, Lee's beautiful face earlier. Oh. My co-host, his name is, of course. Say your name, mate. Grado. It's Grado. You look beautiful tonight, by the way. I, I, I but I'm looking as if I've needed a tan and I need a tan for the weekend. Are you going to get a wee spray tan? Mm, I'll do 10 minutes on the bed. Fat is better. You don't brown. go in the bed, mate. You don't go in the bed. What'd you do then? Yeah, it's dangerous to go in the nah, bed. I know, I know, I know. I really shouldn't. I really shouldn't. I'm telling a wrestler about dangerous lifestyle <laughs> stuff. Can you believe us? That's the least of your worries, mate. A sunbed. That's the least of your worries, That's the least of this boy's worries. A lot of jobby when I've had the spray tan. It's terrible. You want to see the neck of me? I could be uh, your new gimmick. Guy looks like jobby. Jobby. There's old jobby Grado coming out. Well, they're always saying they're missing characters in wrestling. That's one for you, mate. <laughs> I can see all the wains with their wee cuddly jobbies. You know, with their big jobby fingers. Got, I've been, waving I, their jobby fingers I, about I, in the I, audience. I just got the bum bag on it and the bonnet, <laughs> the griddle bonnet. But I do, mate, because at the end of the day, I'm no the best built. And as Arne Anderson said, fat is better brown. If you can't tone it, tan it. I could tone it, but I've just... Everybody looks better with a tan. Everybody looks everybody better with a tan. It's a sad thing to admit, but everybody looks better they with a tan. The day, the day, the day. And I've, 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 we've got a big show at the weekend, ICW Fear and Loathing, SWG Free, which is even spicier. Spicier because the boys, the Burniston are going to be in town. Shite show. Shite show. <laughs> Never watched it. Never last, week it was be be, last week it was the best fucking sketch show in the world. We'll be there um, at ICW this weekend on a Saturday night. And some, what I'm going to say is we'll be there in some capacity. capacity. <laughs> Card subject to, to change, change. etc. We'll be there in some capacity. I'll be getting a spray tan for that. I'm not going to be risking. I'm not going to be running the cancer gauntlet no. to get myself looking good. So, yeah, um, have you been wrestling? Are you wrestling at the weekend? I, I wrestled at Erdrithun Hall uh, against Liam Thompson. It's a good house. Nice venue. Oh, I love wrestling in tune halls like that. They've got the, the, the two tiers. So the, the, the full floor was full capacity and we opened up the top as well. Have they got the old balconies, the old, old school balcony? Yep, yep, old school balcony. Only problem was I done the J-O-B. Oh dear, mate. Oh dear. And I tell you what, there was plenty of greeting winds in Airdrie and Sale, then I could <laughs> tell you. Telling you. Were well, they, sa- well, they sad at seeing uh, you, old, you know seen like? old Jobby Grado, old Jobby Grado taking the dive, getting flushed. flushed. Aye, mate. I get flushed off Liam Thompson. Do you know the reaction when I get pinned? It was like Taker and Lesnar at WrestleMania. <laughs> there was a guy in the... <gasps> Do you know what I mean? Folk were, dra- folk, folk were drapping their juice. Do you know what I mean? Oh, Fro- boy. Folk were fucking drapping their Chris and the Flair. Would it, after the match, was it awkward after the match? It was, aye. <laughs> I just got backstage and I says to Liam, I think I prefer it when I win. <laughs> 
think I like winning, actually. Aye. I goes, I didn't realise how much it affected me. I goes, I mean, I'm not being a mark for myself here, but just, I didn't like getting beat there. That's how, uh, <laughs> that's how big Kevin Nash worked his whole career, isn't it? Aye. It's funny that I've been I actually like winning, I think. And the thing is, well, we're on semi-main, so, you know, you try to bring down the crowd. That's the sort of psychology of wrestling match sometimes, and... Uh, See, this, this is why I love doing this show, you know, for these insights into, the, into the, the truth, the core of pro wrestling, mate. Speaking of which, we've got an amazing guest. This episode, you talk about somebody who has wisdom, words of wisdom in terms of pro wrestling. Your friend, Grado, Plenty your great friend, and soon to be my friend, Al Snow. Leave Cassidy. It's going to be our, you know, come on. Avatar. <laughs> no, come on. Al Snow. New, new, new rockers. Come on, now. Al Snow. <laughs> It's going to be our guest on this show. Uh, you hang about for that. All you have to do is get past me and Grado's shite partner for about half an hour. Right. Then you can listen to Elk Snow. Hey, listen, producer John has been very busy this week because we were talking last week. He's he's a very keen guy. He spots any opportunities for some research. Last week, we were talking about uh, shiting yourself in the ring. We are talking about how Jackie Polo shat his big smelly ass mm-hmm. in the ring while he was wrestling and he done a big shite. Done a big... Yeah, and air as well. And I'm sure that um, we'll bump into him set up the night at ICW, and I'm sure he'll be very delighted that we've told all our listeners last week the groundbreaking Jericho episode that Jackie Polo shot it in a match. Right, I think we should stop talking know, about the I fact know, that Jackie Polo shot his cell in the ring, right? Uh, but producer John did his work. He found the top five ra- wrestlers that have shot in the ring, right? Oh, really? So, no, no, you know, we've seen many, many storyline shits in the ring you know that's it's not a work right we've mm. seen these stories about people shitting in the ring uh, but these are real ones psycho said i said last week i'm pretty sure that sid had shot himself in the ring he did it he was fighting undertaker and while going for the tombstone <laughs> taker caught a, <laughs> caught a whiff of a something whiff. <laughs> oh, a whiff of that <laughs> taker said himself i'm sure i can i've got a whiff of something here <laughs> <laughs> Cut a whiff. Can, <laughs> can you fucking tombstone quick enough? Stone cold. Uh, <laughs> can you just imagine about taking him backstage going, Oh Christ, I got an awful whiff out there. I got a whiff of your ass, psycho said. You fucking not clean your clean your ass right. <laughs> Stone cold. During a match in South Africa, he was picked up by Yokozuna and slammed in the ring, and when he gets oh. slammed, <laughs> says here, I'm just reading up this page, Austin immediately <laughs> pooped his pants. <laughs> he mentioned in one interview that it was a tricky day at the office. Listen, if you ever get Stone Cold on this as a guest, I need to show him just this verbatim as it's written here, Austin immediately pooped his pants. That's a t-shirt. I'd buy that t-shirt. Austin immediately pooped his pants. John Cena get food poisoning. And we ended up going under the ring to do a shite. <laughs> Hold on a minute, Steiner. Steiner, two minutes, man. What are you doing? Going for a shite. Where? Under the ring. <laughs> fucking hurry up then. Hurry up then. Imagine that. They know that. They're fucking somebody's, one of the producers are on the, on the mic to the ref. Where is he? <sighs> He's doing a shite under the ring. Vince is like, this is great shit. <laughs> Yokozuna. <laughs> Yokozuna did it all the time, apparently, uh, including against Bret Hart. Ah, uh, Shuko again. <laughs> and India Yoko was suffering from a bad case of diarrhea. And in the middle of the match, Hart was about to get hit by a Banzai drop for Yoko. He looked up and noticed the worst thing that he could in that situation. I'm just reading up a thing here. A, sh- a shit stain. <laughs> Fuck's sake, this is brutal, isn't it? According to Hart, that moment was the fastest he had ever moved in the ring. <laughs> Bloody Bret Hart. 
Every week we want you to bury or put over something for the week of wrestling, for that preceding week in wrestling. Is it anything you want to bury or put over this week, Grado? Have you been, what have you been watching in wrestling? You're like, ah. I've not been watching any wrestling. I've been doing the work, Grab. I've why, been in the wrestling. I just want to fucking bury the promoter that made me job in Airdrie the other night. <laughs> what was his name, mate? No, I'm not telling you because he'll fucking do me. You can't name a promoter. No, you're a company man. You're a company man, Grado. I'm a company man. I'll tell you who... I want, what I want to put over this week was, did you see Finn Balor's heel turn? Finn Balor did not turn heel, did he? Seriously? Welcome to Wrestling Daft, folks. The most, <laughs> the most uh, in-touch wrestling podcast. I grade off Finn Balor turned heel. me on. How did it happen? He was on, uh, on NXT. Finn Balor was there in the ring. He didn't date in NXT. He done it in it. Do you know anything that's happening? Listen, I've been busy. I've got another podcast. What doing? What doing? A minute. Finn Balor turned heel on NXT. And in fact, Michael, one of your listeners, he he also wants to put over that Finn heel turn. It's hopefully going to bring some much needed momentum. He says, uh, Balor did this a uh, uh, pelly kick. By the way, he was he was fucking stunning there. Who did he turn on? Gargano. NXT. Did you ever think Finn Balor would turn heel again? I mean, he's going to eventually, isn't he? Everybody <laughs> usually does. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing at <laughs> Matt and Jisha. You're going to eventually turn heel, I suppose. I suppose you're going to eventually turn heel. <laughs> I'm just saying, he's pelly kick, right? On Gargano, you never saw it coming, mate. Right, okay. Right? You didn't actually see any coming. Michael also says, bury any love interest angles with Lana. That promo was awful. Even King didn't know a reason for leaving him. Sex addict wants a baby. He had an affair. That's why it's a car crash. I need to ask you a question here, right? Obviously, Rusev and Lana are the real deal, right? In real life, mm-hmm. right? Could you could you deal with that? Could you deal with watching like your missus having to kind of kid on to be in a relationship and you're kissing in front of you and all that? Could you could you deal with that? Because I couldn't deal with it. Must be quite hard when there's, when there's a bit of winching going on and all that kind of kid on. I couldn't deal with it. Uh, I know too- my you know my ex had a bit. Of, she had to put her covers over her face when I got off with Liam McRae on River City when I had to when I played Buster, who was a wrestler. So this is associated with the podcast. You need to rehearse it, I know. Do you know what I mean? So you're, so you're like actually that. kissing them a so lot. So do you go full pelt on the rehearsal? Do you know what I mean? And you say that, and do we use tongues and all that kind of stuff? It's I would expect, I always work stuff, is my... <laughs> always work stuff. <laughs> uh, R- Rico Splunderspunk. Oh. working stuff. Uh, he wants to put over the Lucha Brothers, and he wants to... Lucha, he Lucha. wants to bury the 24-7 title. He's, he's finished with that. No, 24-7 title. Oh, Spud or Drake Maverick was the most entertaining thing on TV, or I don't know if it's, if it's still on the go, but for what I was looking at, for what I seen, it was the most entertaining stuff on the telly. Drake, Drake Maverick, aka Spud, one of my best mates, was is so entertaining. Drake Maverick is the funniest guy in is wrestling. He? Aye, the funniest guy. One hundred percent. I'm saying, I mean. is it still happening right now? Well, he's still he's he's the guy. If you ask me, he's he's the guy who has been running with that and trying to make it trying to make it a thing but he's done that he's, I feel as if he's done that oh, his whole career you know what I mean he's like he'll take an idea and he'll just take it to an unbelievable extreme you know what I mean he knows so much about wrestling he can sit and tell you every title change for the inception to the day who beat who in order the full fucking... That's, that's what he can do. He lives, sleeps... Can he make like, a list of people who did a shite in the ring? Oh. <laughs> can do he do that? He could probably come up with that. We need to get him on that's, the show. That's how obsessed... Spud lives, sleeps, and breathes wrestling. That's why when you see him do these Instagram videos and in the public, he would do 
anything, anything, anything to spice up a storyline, a gimmick. It doesn't. Do you remember when Spud did that? Did that gimmick where it was like he bumped his head and he thought he was a way back to when he was starting out again. He thought it was like he thought it was like 10, 15 years ago, 10, 15 years ago. Do you remember that? Yeah, and he was yeah. and he was coming up and he was setting up a ring and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, that was brilliant, Fucking incredible. That, he's just got comedy such performance a art. OJ Sims thirty eight. Says know that he needs it, but he, he's putting over Ray Phoenix. Right, all right, right. So there's a guy trying he's trying to be smart here. Uh, Barry, that shower of shite that is Lashley, Rusev, and Lana. It's a hot mess. I agree with you, OJ Sims 38. Uh, Andrew Diorio wants to put over Asuka's green mist. And she's I used mist mist once. Did you? No, it was Iron Brew. <laughs> Red mist. Orange mist. Orange you mist. Call Orange mm. mist. Uh, he and again, Andrew wants to bury the entire Rusev Lana Bobby angle. It's very See, unpopular. No, this angle. Well, you know what? As somebody sits here that doesn't watch wrestling, you know, current wrestling as much as probably what I should. I know want to go back and watch this. What the Rusev, the Rusev and, and the Bobby? See, stuff. the thing is, I quite like angles like that. I'm, I'm no, I'm no against angles like that in principle, but this one just. It's not working for me. So what, what they should be doing is did they get Rusev, who's this big handsome beast, right? Uh, and he looks amazing. Lana looks amazing. The last hot power couple. They should be getting pushed right up there as a hot power, hot sexy power couple. You know what I mean? And so, I, so that just messes it up for me. Well, maybe you'll get on the writing team. Vince will definitely want me on on the writing team after this. Renfrew Ram wants to put over the Jericho interview on the podcast. He says that Jericho always gives an honest view on the wrestling scene. This is the wrestling scene here. Now, I don't mm. know if that's our typo or his. If it's his typo, that's embarrassing. But Renfrew Ram, thanks for the praise. And he wants to bury the WWE in its entirety. Or does it right, I'm going to go on a rant here. Can I go on a rant here? Uh, I'm sorry. I don't want to go on a rant, on. rant here. Right I'm on. sick of people. I'm sick of people burying the WWE and I'm sick of people going like that. Vince needs to step down. Vince doesn't know what he's doing. Vince is a fucking old man. Vince, like, fucking... Vince, you, you wouldn't be fucking watching wrestling if it wasn't for Vince. Vince is the fucking man. Listen, think of the things that Vince has gave you. I love, I love the madness of Vince. I love how Vince is just this Mystique. extreme. Even like this, this, this Lana, Rusev, Bobby Lashley thing that I'm not enjoying. You know, fucking Vince is just watching that and he's just laughing. He's just thinking, this is fucking great. And people say, oh, the WWE are just caring about their brand and all that. They're, they're, they're too safe. And all that. They're no safe. It's a company that's run by an absolute madman. Vince is still an old madman. He's an old legend. And stop saying you want to bury the WWE, all right? You fucking pay respect to Vince McMahon. I like that rant, Rab. What's the deal with the PG stuff? Are they stopping that? I think they'll stop it. I think they'll need it because there's no way they can get me on board as a writer if I'm not allowed to say <laughs> fuck and cunt on it. If I'm not allowed to change Shorty G's name to Cunty G, then there's no... There's Who no has Shorty G? Is this a smackdown? I promise that Grado will watch some wrestling before next week. Bring back the modern day Kurt Angle that is ready, willing and gable. Anyway, so, uh, and Lyndon Simmons wants to put over Orange Cassidy. What do you think of Orange Cassidy? I've not seen enough. I was meant to work at WrestleMania weekend, but I had to pull out because I was filming Test Drive, but I hear so much good stuff about it. That's <laughs> Grado's show, Test Drive, <laughs> available on BBC Scotland. Every you are, Friday night, you know, he's putting himself over. Uh, and he wants to bury Jim Carnett trying to slag off Orange Cassidy. Of course Jim Carnett's going to well, slag off Orange Cassidy. the thing is, I remember... <laughs> I cut a promo and it was meant to be serious and it was the abyss and I thought it was good I thought I'd done no bad and I came back and I said to Jim Cornette and I said I was looking for a bit of advice here that's my first proper serious promo that I've ever done he went you still haven't done a fucking serious promo <laughs> and that was his advice <sighs> Cornette's a wank man <laughs> 
Right, well, for you lucky listeners of Wrestling Daft, we've got a WWE competition, and here are the details. We have a pair of tickets to check out the WWE Live when it comes to town, when it comes to the Glasgow Hydro on the 11th of November. Right, hold on, I'll show you how it's done. The match card's looking pretty tasty, I have to say, as Rollins takes on The Fiend in a steel cage. Becky Lynch versus Sasha for the Raw Women's Championship. Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre. Hey, we, we know Drew McIntyre. We can, Drew. We know Drew. Right. And Rey Mysterio versus Cesaro, among others. And we are going to blackmail you to win them. All you need today is go to Apple or Facebook and leave a review of the show. Here is an example of how to do it. Squared Circle Stotters says in their review, the only podcast that puts over Chris Jericho and Beef Community Centre in equal measures. Show it to Beef! Get in about the Intercontinental Champions of Patter, Rab and Grado, as they break out. Great chat for this absolute belter of a podcast. So effectively, blow smoke up our arse by leaving a review, then tweet a message to let us know that you've done it, and our favourite will win the tickets to see WWE Live at the Hydro on the 11th of November. Now these WWE tickets, man, they don't come cheap, rub boy. So if you're wanting that up here, then getting about Get this. yourself doing that Hydro 11th of November by winning these tickets. Get yourself a wee burger and a hot dog and watch The Fiend and then go home and shag your missus or your man. You just made the list! Grado, it's time for the list of wrestling daft. Which, of course, is in tribute to our great friend, Chris Jericho, who launched our podcast last week. Beautiful, Bombers. Beautiful Chris Jericho. Uh, what a guy. Uh, the list of wrestling daft this time is about the best ever heel turns. Oh. Right. At number three. At number three, my number three, Grado, has got to be Toshiaki Kawada turning heel and joining the Monster Army at Hustle. I know you're looking at me you're like, ah, you're, you're fucking uh, Japanese. Yeah. You're fucking sitting there, you're Japanese. Japanese fucking shit, man. Did he even do heel turns to- in Japan? Listen, Toshiaki Kawada was, you know, he was in, you know, he did all the classic matches in all Japan and he, you know, and in Noah and stuff. And then he joined Hustle, which was this proper, it was a, Jap- it was a Japanese proper, like, kind of, um, uh, how would you, a sports entertainment promotion, like an almost American style, big daft gimmicks and stuff like that, you know what I mean? Um, Kawada joined it, everybody expected he was going to be a big baby face when he joined it. Turned on all his old pals, joined the Monster Army, mate. Really? The Monster Army. I remember you had a pro wrestling Noah hat when I, I first met you. Uh, I thought, where'd you get that? I go it for a, a show called Universal Rampage, I'm pretty sure it was. It was doing Coventry or something, where I went to see Kenta Kibashi. Right, 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 right. Aye. So you see them in Coventry. Keep going. <laughs> right? No, aye, aye. no, you see them in Coventry. I, went, I seen Kenta Kibashi in fucking Carluk Town Hall in front of 75 folk. Do you know there was more Japanese press than there was punters in the crowd. The legend that is Kenta Kabashi right, well, was in Carl Luktoon Hall. It blew my mind that I got to see that. The, you know, there was a wee period there where the Japanese wrestlers, the, the big, these big giant Japanese legends of that era, well, you know, they were travelling around the world and they were letting people kind of see them. You know what I mean? Might have only been 75 people. But, in Carl Luk? Yeah, but it was 75. It was in Carl Luk. Kenta Kabashi was in Carl Luk. Well, it blows your mind. Well, one of his great rivals, Toshiaki Kawada, mm-hmm. um, turning heel, joining the Monster Army. And listen, I just want to say, everybody out there, you need to check out some of that Hustle Japan stuff because it's some of the most insane stuff 
you would ever you would ever watch Steve Carino. I'm going to watch that. Carino oh, Carino was Carino, brilliant. Carino was fantastic. Carino in Hustle, was by the way. brilliant. I remember Carino. Carino, sorry, <laughs> he was in a main event in, Co- in in Kilmarnock. The promoter thought that the flight was landing in Glasgow. Here it turns out the flight landed in Edinburgh. He was yeah. in the main event. They eventually have to send a taxi to Edinburgh to pick up Carino, who gets in the taxi, has to change in his trunks in the taxi for Edinburgh to Kelly gets to Kilmarnock Grand Hall just as he's about to fight the main event. Sorry, versus the Iceman. They called it on a fly and it was fucking beautiful. He's some guy. I met him at that same event. He was a sweet dude. He was a sweet, lovely guy. Um, and he was in he was in the same monster army that Toshiaki Kawada oh, joined. He was monster C C C C C C C. And also, also, no, also, I used to speak to him in AOL when I was away. <laughs> I, I, I used to speak to him and when I because at this point I was probably only about 14 or 15 that show in Kilmarnock and I said to him I goes look uh, um, I think my screen name was Talk Wrestling FC because I was a big fan I Talk Wrestling the radio and he went yeah I remember you kid and he gave me an 8x10 to Graham uh, thanks for the conversations on AOL signed Steve Carino that's mental mm-hmm. that's mad nowadays if a 14 year old boy contacted Jay on on the internet, you would just think it was, it was one of the beast hunters <laughs> I, guys who Facebook. I, you went, you went. Here, mate, go on a sign mad two by. I'll meet you doing the shopping centre. You sign mad the eight four by eight, eight by four. Fucking done. He tell me he was, tell me he was eighteen. No, he said he was fourteen. I don't even want a signed photo of your wrestling picture. I'm a beast hunter. You've been trapped. I'm a fifty-year-old woman who has got nothing better to do in my time than hunting pedos because I'm mentally disturbed myself. <laughs> My number two has got to be Stone Cold Steve Austin turning heel at WrestleMania 17. And I'll tell you why I love this, right? Not so much for I'm turning, because that was a struggle. Do you remember that? It was, it was, it was a struggle. I'm trying to turn. I was trying to get that audience to boo him. Try to get the crowd to boo him. Was, it, I'm rock, on the rock with a chair, mind. I and as a rock fan at the time, uh, I was sitting as a Wayne going, "Oh man, they're booing the rock." But obviously, Austin. It was in Houston, Texas. He was obviously made over. But as a rock fan, man, I was devastated that the, the crowd were booing him. I also was devastated when the crowd were booing the Rock against Hogan. But that heel turn was superb. Vince coming out with the with the, with the jumper and the cut sleeves and yep. the pink showing. It was and that handshake. And I think what made it better as well was Jr. Did he not call him a bastard? Or yeah, something like? I, Jr. You went, bastard! Uh, you, you bastard! Steve, you bastard! You bastard! Steve! Steve, you bastard! I, I'm sure I ran up the stairs to tell my ma, 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 Austin's turned into a bad guy. You've got a school tools, get to your bed. <laughs> but uh, not so much even just for that heel turn, but for, for the months that followed that heel turn where Stone Cold turned into this inc- incredible, bizarre, fucking comedic, dark character with the hugs and all that, where he would hug Vince and he would be staring into fucking oblivion and all that and the guitar and the wee hats with Kurt, Kurt Angle and all that. Uh, Some of the best work you'll ever see Kurt on a line. telly screen. Kurt Angle's line, yippee Kaye. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> My number one has got to be The Rock. Turning heel, turning into the corporate rock at the end of Survivor Series, at the end of Deadly Game. Like 
97, I think it was, mm-hmm. when the Rock turned heel. Turned, and Shane turned heel the same night. That was when Shane didn't he count the pin for Stone Cold, gave him the fingers. Finger. Oh, that. That was great. Then the Rock at the end, and the whole pay-per-view. I'll tell you, I think it's maybe the greatest pay-per-view of all time. What, Survivor Series? 97, seven. deadly game. I think it's got to be, because that's a whole story that develops all that. Remember how Bossman got beaten like... Uh, 10 seconds or something they're all like haha daft boss man get beat and he was in on the fucking plan no I was like mate he was in on it you know I love that heel turn but for me (laughs) The Rock showing up after he'd done a couple of movies and and being the heel Hollywood Rock I love that you know when he because I remember watching No Way Out and it was The Rock and Hogan and they had changed Rock's music see you're an entrance guy and you you love an entrance oh man that entrance with the helicopters not love it is Dun, 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 dun. Swagger's doing the ring very slowly. Big budget looked incredibly it big budget. Amazing, it was amazing. And I loved the way he was running about that era. Him and Goldberg shortly after that. I preferred that. All right, man, fair enough. Don't need to fucking fight about it. Um, the heel turn, the fans have weighed in as per usual. Conquestables, which is a fucking great name, username, at Conquestables. That Michael's turn always stands out. Seeing him put Janetti through a window was such a shock to my 11-year-old system, even in magazine form. Uh, that's a good point there. It does a lot I mean, to the, you when you're away. The Rockers, man, that, that, that breakup was something. Well, look at um, Bailey. Now, there's videos of Wayne's greeting on Twitter. I Aye. love seeing that, man. I love, love seeing, seeing that. that. The emotion that wrestling can... Love, can Credo loves seeing Wayne's greeting. I'm <laughs> for Beast Hunters, and I heard you that you... Love... <laughs> <laughs> you didn't type in Wayne's greeting into... YouTube. <laughs> Andrew Mackinson says Tatanka SummerSlam 94 still hurts. <laughs> Fucking hurts. shut up. Still hurts. <laughs> still hurts. That's brilliant. Kieran Colley says a huge sleeper, I think, is Trish Stratus in the Jericho versus Christian match at WrestleMania 20. I remember that vaguely. Um, that, I mean, that is a huge sleeper. Uh, <laughs> I skipped the next one. Ian Porter. One that springs to mind Tugboat turning on the Bushwhackers and joining forces with Earthquake and the Nasty Boys and Superstars. Talk of the playground that week. That, <laughs> that see, was a good one. That's a good one. See, this is what I love. This is what I love that people are embracing their childhoods with this podcast. And because that's what I said on Twitter this week. I love that people are giving wrestling a chance again. And they're, you know, because Aye. of this podcast, are going, you know what? I'm going to go back and watch some wrestling. I'm going to revisit my childhood. That's what we want. There is no better, no better compliment than anybody can tell me in a boozer when they say, mate. I fell out of wrestling, man. I've seen your daft things on the internet and I get back into wrestling. I love stuff like that. Anyway, Beautiful. I go off, put myself over again as that's usual. But, uh, <laughs> that's what we're, that's what we're but doing. But it is, yeah. it's cool, but because these memories as a Wayne, man, they stick, they, they stick with you. Do you know what I mean? I remember waking up my mom and dad when The Rock beat Triple H at Backlash 2000 for the title. I mean, I was jumping about the house. I remember um, actually being greeting when Ric Flair won the Royal Rumble when I was a wee guy, I remember actually I was greeting at the end of that match. What, because discussed? I had a wee, no, greeting oh. it with happiness because I had, a, I, had a, I, had a, cause I had a pal of mine as well who hated Ric Flair, right? He hated Ric Flair and he hated, he hated Mr. Perfect. He hated all the people I liked and he was watching it with me um, and I, I got so emotionally involved in it and he was so like, ah, Ric Flair's came out right at the start, doesn't he? Why Ric Flair's got any win now? He came out at the start. He'll be too tired, isn't he? Why he's going to win? They brought him out at the start so he can go a long time, and then he'll, be he'll get beat. He'll be too tired. He'll be fucked. And then he won, and, that, he won, and I was like, "Fucking!" And I could feel. I was like, "I can't greet in front of my pal because an old guy won a wrestling match." 
<laughs> but that's how it gets you, mate. It does. That's how it gets you. Doctor Who 90250 says, Owen's heel turn in 1994, so well done, led to a great tag team with both Bulldog and Yokozuna and Great Matt. All right, mate, that's a bit much. Get your end podcast if you want to say that much. Uh, Hepcat says, Paul Bearer, when he banjoed The Undertaker with the arm, then gave it to mankind. Oh, do you remember that? Mm-hmm. When Paul Bearer, the bold Percy himself... <laughs> oh, Percy, oh, boy. Percy. Percy! Hey, Percy! All right. <laughs> Percy! Hey. Do, you know, do you know, it's funny because when I, I went to WrestleMania, Christ, what was it, one? Where it was Two. a sh- shocking main event. Uh, the Miz and... Miz and Cena. I went with my pals, man. And uh, we were standing outside the wrestler's hotel. And Paul Bearer was at his veranda, man. Was he? And I'm like, oh, Percy! <laughs> Percy! Fui, Percy! <laughs> oh, Percy. Oh, Percy. Rest in peace. Anthony Clark, Steve Austin at WrestleMania 17. There you go, Anthony. A lady of sale events. Thank you, Anthony. Anthony Clark, I want to give you my Listener of the Week award. Uh, you have won my Listener of the Week award. There'll be a packet of Haribo. I'll be winging its way to you when you're on your deathbed. Liam Carlion says, Grado... Booting Shah Samuels in the balls at Baramania in 2017. Talk us through that, Credo. Oh, well, I was very reluctant to do it, up to the point. I'd say I knew before the show even started, Dallas pulled my side and was like, I want to turn you here. And I was like, I do not want to do this. I was like, I goes, I've got to go to, I've got to go to family shows next week. I don't, I don't know if I can deal with it. And we went a tour in the summer. We, we, we done ICW in Cardiff. London, Newcastle, and I, and I'd done the heel, and what I'd say is I'd come out and I'd go, because the, the thing is, fans were getting on my back, they were going, fuck TNA, fuck TNA, fuck TNA. So what I did was I'd come out with a TNA t-shirt and go, this is the star of BBC. This is the star of ITV, because World of the Sport was starting then. Mm. This is the star of Impact Wrestling and the heat was incredible. I didn't appreciate it enough at the time. Now when I go back and I watch the promos and me, you know, I was going around the, 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 the ringside and had the mic in my phone, I had the sunglasses on and people were trying to take photos. I'm going, oh, selfie, tenner. Okay, when I watched it back, I was like, fuck, this was good. Aye. At the time, I never embraced it and I regret it. It's a difficult thing, isn't it? I mean, it's a complex thing well, for a wrestler f- to go through a heel turn, isn't it? The first, the first night, that, the, the night I turned heel in the footage, I love watching the footage back. I think it was executed, no bad. I remember, but Kenny McIntosh inside the ropes was tweeted, Grado turning heel, um, now you'll never recover. <laughs> and I just it, it put me in a fucking mid right for a start thinking, shit, have I done the right thing? Do you know what? I don't know. I, I probably should have had made confidence in myself to, de- to do it. But if you go on for a guy who worked babyface all his days to suddenly work in a heel and putting heat in folk and actually having to do a lot more work in the ring. My favourite thing, Rab, is when I'm wrestling, I love selling. Mm. I love selling. I, I feel as if my arse shines when I sell. There's no better feeling in the world. So, you know, I didn't get to sell as much being a heel. And that's took the enjoyment away from it a wee bit. But... And also, but it was cool, though, to get the, the change of music and to change the character a wee this bit. This is a thing, tasted you tasted it. it. I, and I would probably like to do it again at one point because... Uh, there we go. He's, <laughs> tasted, he's, he's had a wee suck of the devil's teat. Aye, I just think, <laughs> when I go, <laughs> the devil's teat. I just think at the time I, I never had the confidence and belief in myself that I could do it. But when I look back now, I think I've done no bad. I'd like to... Aye. It's wrestling, baby. Yeah. 
That's wrestling. Right, it's time for us now to go to our big interview. We've got a big interview with a hell of a big guy. He's a big muscly guy now. Uh, he looks great. He's in the shape of his life. I want to speak to Al Snow and I want to gaze upon his fantastic physique. Al Snow has had one of the biggest effects in my career. Advice for that guy is just something special, man. And you'll get to hear when you speak to him his mind. I love his, the way he looks at wrestling and the way his concept of wrestling. Wrestling is subjective and everybody's got their own different opinions. But for me, his is just, it's different level. What does everybody want? mother ringside you should be ashamed you know what you should be ashamed oh. you put your hands on me you understand you put oh and there's Grado. oh thanks for taking the time out to do this it's been a long time since i've seen you i've missed you oh i've missed you too kind of like a hangnail <laughs> see i tell you this was coming this was terrible well Al, just off the back of that, I'd just like to ask you, you know, Al, you're sitting there, you're looking jacked, you're looking stacked. Back in attitude era, you were built like me. You were built like Grado. No, what? no, I don't think I was ever that bad. No, 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 no you, were, you were close to it. What actually, no. what actually made you decide? I mean, what, what happened? Did you just start going to the gym or some shit? <laughs> no, I didn't just start going to the gym, you turd. <laughs> what happened? What happened? Well, I just started training differently, and I started eating better, and and uh, you know, I started training like a, a, a wrestler would, like an old time wrestler, an old time strongman, like back from the eighteen hundreds. Hackenschmidt. Yeah, you go take look at pictures of like George Hackenschmidt and those guys. I mean, they were they were incredible. They were built, and they didn't you know they didn't know what calories were. They didn't know they didn't know what protein was. They certainly didn't have the the, the gas. You know, maybe that might be something you might want to try one of these days. Well, I tried. I know, I know you. I know you have gas all the time. I'm saying you should get on the gas maybe sometime. How was your OVW tapings last night? You on OVW? What made you yeah, buy that? Yeah, we fucking madman. We we've been broadcasting live on television now for uh, uh, over a month, uh, about a month and a half. We've been live on our um, television partner, and then. Uh, we're going to st we're starting to go live on uh, YouTube as well every oh, week. That's amazing. So how long have you had had OVW? About a year. I uh, bought it in uh, June of last year in 2018. You making money, bro? Um, I'm doing okay. Oh, that's I'm doing good all to right. see. That's yeah. good to see. And uh, we uh, we actually got uh, we're the first ever in the world uh, training facility that was actually accredited by. Uh, the state office of proprietary <gasps> education so we're an actual uh two-year accredited trade school so, oh my god so you could actually say that right look i've got a qualification from being at a wrestling school yeah you can actually get it you get a you get a uh get certified as a professional wrestler sports entertainer and broadcaster and um you also get uh, a certification in uh, personal training at the well, same time that's same amazing. time. That is amazing. Ali, uh, Grado is a guy who loves the business, right? You know that. He's a guy who loves the business. Um, sure. And I'm always I'm always careful when we do these interviews. I always want to make sure that we talk to the man as well, to the person. I just want to say, are you happy right now, Ali? You're, you're a happy man at this point in your life, would you say? Oh, yeah. I've been happy, you know. I've always been happy because I can't, well, I can't say I've always been happy. There was a time where, <clears throat> you know, 
in wrestling where I let my own attitude and uh, my own problems and pointing the finger at everybody else and not taking responsibility for my own mistakes kind of frustrated me, made me angry, made me, you know, gave me a bad attitude. Um, but then when I realized the only person that I could control was me, and then I went and reinvented myself. Um, and had, I've listen, I've, I've had 38 years of just doing what I love to do. And it don't get no better than that. Oh, uh, you've done well, Leaf. You've done well. You really have. <laughs> <laughs> no, but when you've had that longevity that you've had, Al, you know, you've been about this business for so long. It must be really mm -hmm. satisfying to be in this position you're in just now, particularly when you, you know, you can be a mentor to so many people. That must be really satisfying. Oh, it is. I, I love it. I love uh, that we, you know, now I own OVW. And, you know, when I first came down with two OVW and was uh, the lead trainer for WWE, it was. It was it was it was so much fun and it was so enjoyable and so rewarding to watch, you know, train these kids and then watch them go on and you know be successful, you know, and uh, have a part in it. And uh, you know, I came back with Impact and did it again um, with OVW, and now I own OVW and we're getting to do it all over again. And it can be frustrating and challenging to deal with the personalities and the egos and especially of the, uh, you know, you got kids because they're basically, that's what they are. They're just kids. Um, but it's really rewarding to, to watch them go on and be successful and have a career and, a, you know, a business that you love. I must admit, out there is nobody better than yourself to learn from. I learned so much for my time in TNA um, where you've been a, a producer. And I'll never forget the day where I wrestled you at the Hydro. And during the day, I was shitting my pants. I was dreading it and uh, you, you made me even more nervous by saying where's your mom gonna be tonight i said well i don't know she's got tickets <laughs> well tell her i want her to be front row and i want her to slap the shit out of me i says i says oh please she's at weatherspoons she's steaming she's wear pals she's getting drunk please do not get her involved in this angle no i want you to call her now phone her i want her to be front row and sure as fate, we done the angle. You come out, you get in the crowd, you're in the ring, and you say, you're, you're speaking to me, and you go, yeah, great, we get it, you got fans, your family here, where's your mom, where's your mom? And you go down in the front row, and you and my mom, my mom slaps the shit out of you, and I swear <laughs> to God, when I watch that back, I'm looking at yeah. myself because I'm biting my lip, trying not to piss myself, because I know how <laughs> steaming my mom is, and my dad's got a drink in him as well, he's trying to get fucking, yeah. he's trying to get his shit in, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it was great. Uh, it was brilliant, it was brilliant, and I just want to say thanks for that, because that was a brilliant, brilliant memory that I'll always have, yeah. you know what I'm saying, as my mom's passed on now, and I'll, I'll always yeah. have that on YouTube, it's great when I, I can go back and watch that footage, man, that idea for you to get my mom involved and get the heat man it's just it's special very special uh, she was terrific she was great she was all for it too she Aye, was ready she, to go she was right up for it man <laughs> fucking she let she laid the shit in oh she did she she potatoed <laughs> me she, she, she wasn't fooling around i, I, think, I think that's <laughs> and one your dad was coming over the rail too i was like well i don't know i might be able to take your dad i didn't know if i could get your mom but I could take your dad. <laughs> <laughs> that's quality I, I, man I think that's one of the beautiful things about wrestling is it's something that allows you to generate kind of magical moments you know what I mean it's like you can sure. make what, what have been the magical moments in your career uh, you know like doing that uh, doing that with with Grado's mom was really was was an awesome moment for me because you know um, people say that uh, you know that, that people don't believe it anymore but I there were a lot of people that 
believed in what we had done and you know and and, and involving his mom just it made it mean that much more and you know to get that kind of raw emotion out of people still to this day um and that's the those moments are just there's they really are magical i mean you know they're they're just you know and, and i've been so lucky to be in the business so long and to get to experience those you know quite a lot and and it doesn't matter if it's in front of 60,000 people or 6,000 people or 600 people, you know, you, you still, when you can connect and you can create that kind of, that's what heat is. Heat's not offense in a match. That's heat. Heat's that want, that need, that they got to sit there and wait to see what happens next and can't get enough. That, that's the heat that, that drives the business. That's, that's what drives guys like Grado and I to continuously get in there and beat the living shit out of ourselves and, want to do it night after night because once you experience that and you connect with that man it, it's it's like it's the greatest thing in the world wow. there's, there's nothing better and I, but yeah. you know what I, I love the way you always explain anytime um we would speak tell us the way you tell it i love it the way you say about What's that? a show the way you go you go you're trying to get people to leave their house oh, to yeah. go to a, to go to a show to That's sit in right. a seat that they they don't want to sit in to sit next to people they don't want to sit next to. Please tell. I love when you say it. I love it. Okay, so a lot of wrestlers don't know what their real job is these days. Right. They all believe that it's to be go and be a great wrestler, and nothing could be further from the truth. Um, you could be a great wrestler, but if nobody pays to see you, it, then it doesn't matter how great you are. Same as MMA or boxing. None of that. Nothing's different. You, your job is to motivate someone to leave the comfort, safety, and security <laughs> of their home, get in their car, drive to a building, pay to park, which is fucking ridiculous, and then pay to get in the building to sit in seats they don't want to sit in, around people they don't want to sit around, to eat food that they don't want to pay for and don't want to eat, just to watch you do your job. That's the hardest job in the world. That's why movie stars are held in higher esteem than television actors, because it takes no personal investment to watch a television actor do his job. Not that they're not great actors, but a movie actor, you've got to leave your house and go buy a ticket and sit in a movie theater. Mm -hmm. And that's hard enough, now think, how many movies do you go watch in a year? Major, pup, major, major productions that cost millions of dollars to produce. And how much does it take to incentivize you to want to leave your house and go watch a movie in a movie theater? Now imagine you're a wrestler and you've got to do that job, the same job that the movie star does, but you got, you, they don't get to come and sit in a leather recliner in the dark and watch the movie, they got to come sit in a hard ass chair, pay to sit there around people that they don't want to look at to watch you do your job for 10 minutes without the same uh, budget for production that the movie has or the same budget for marketing that the movie has. That's a hard job and not a lot of guys can do it. Grado does it, does it very well. He motivates that audience to want to pay to see him. And that's, that's at the end of the day, that's what gives a wrestler value, not their physical ability in the ring. They can have all the Certainly physical ability that. in the ring, but if they <laughs> cannot get somebody to pay to see them, it don't matter. Arnold Schwarzenegger is a terrible actor. Let's face it. But what do people do when he makes movies? They pay to watch him. 
that's why he continues to get to make more movies. Beautiful. This is beautiful. You've I all, told you. You've I always been. You. I love it. I know. I you've love always it. been an amazing communicator. I think. I, I mean, I noticed like maybe four or five weeks ago online that something you'd said that went viral. You were talking about fandoms. You were just talking. Oh, about, yeah. yeah. You were talking about that, and that had went viral. And I was seeing that being retweeted by people who had no interest in wrestling and no knowledge of wrestling, but really um, had yeah, but they had just seen something that was that was true within what you were saying. You, you know, extended it to entertainment of of all types, you know, in terms of in terms of fandom. And I'm just wondering just now, it feels like the wrestling fandom is very engaged at the minute because of, because of the AEW thing and the WWE thing. What advice would you give to these companies when, you know, the fans are very vocal at the minute about what they want and stuff? And, you know, sure. and there's, a, there's a real danger that they could, you know, that they could follow what the fans want too much. No much chance that Vince is going to do that, but there is that danger there. But what, what, <coughs> what, what advice would you give there, Alan? Uh, listen to the fans, be aware of the fans, but uh, adhere to your vision. Know what direction you want to go, know why you want to go that way, and uh, believe in what you're doing. You know, don't be so insecure and uh, in, in yourself and your direction that you get swayed by just a, a, a few opinions, or no matter how vocal they are, because you're not trying to make appeal uh, a product that appeals to just that vocal minority. You're trying to make a product that appeals to uh, the mass audience. It's no different than tell Hollywood producers, uh, they make a, a movie, a comic book movie. Yeah. You have a portion of the audience, a, a, a minority of the audience that have read those comic books, they know those characters, they know that backstory, they know the motivations, they know the inspiration. But then there's a mass audience that's never even picked up a comic book or never read that particular character storyline. So. As a movie producer, you have to be able to produce a comic book movie that appeals to that hardcore fan and also, <clears throat> so that financially it's a success, appeals to that broad mass audience. And with professional wrestling, that's the effort that you're always trying to do. But unfortunately, a lot of people, both especially the performers these days, but also the companies dictate, allow that vocal minority to dictate their direction, their vision. So they only end up appealing to a very marginalized audience as opposed to that mass appeal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we on the a podcast that, you know, this is how we want to set ourselves apart for other wrestling podcasts is that we don't want to dig into the past so much, right? We, we are much more interested in the present day. So I'm just, going to, I'm just going to leave us here by saying you've had some amazing stuff in the past. I want to say as well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm in the comedy game, right? I'm in the comedy game. Sure. That's how I... You know, so I like to always relate. And that's got to be, hey, listen, that's got to be one of the toughest jobs these days because you got to walk such a balancing wire to, you know, because you're always worried about people not getting the joke and getting offended. Oh, it's the yeah. worst. As Come a, on. It's it, the worst. It can be a tough gig. I mean, the good thing yeah. is we don't, you know, it's not that tough. We don't end up having to take painkillers in our 40s and 50s and stuff like that <laughs> to get by. So I'm not going to complain too much. But I think comedy and wrestling are so close because, you know, you do need to try and make a kind of, a visceral primal connection with an audience, you know, that kind of absolutely that kind of mm -hmm. transcends the work that you're actually doing there on stage in front of them. Um, who do you have coming through with it? You know, with the young people you're seeing just now in OVW. How, how do you, do you see anybody coming through who who has got massive potential? Any names you can give us of people? Well, we there's can look plenty. Forward there's to? several that are that have a lot of lot of real potential, and and there's a one. He's very talented and and. Um, and very charismatic, 
um, that does a lot of what you're talking about. And I don't, I don't refer to what like Grado or myself or, or a lot of other guys, I don't refer to it as comedy in wrestling. Mm -hmm. I refer to it as being entertaining. It, you you yeah. can do funny stuff in the, in the context of wrestling, you know, because if you have a character, like I was, if you asked nine out of 10 people back in the day, they all thought I was legitimately insane. Yeah. Okay. So what's funny is to you for me as a character wasn't funny it's just me being me you know what i mean and and the same goes for grado is not it's not like we're going out there to get a laugh we're going out there to be that character but it makes it an entertaining approach i remember you produced a match between me and spud and uh talk about comedy and and, and entertainment uh <laughs> me and spud basically had a match where we done the people's elbow. We done the stunner. We done the pedigree. Yeah. <laughs> we done the ankle lock. We done the the the, the Shawn Michaels. I'm sorry. I love you. Yeah, super yeah. kick. Super <laughs> kick. Now I can remember that day when we were coming up with our structure in this match. You were having an absolute ball. Oh yeah. The, the Pope loved it on commentary, but at the same time, there was people out there, some old school guys that looked at that and went, "What the fuck?" You know, and they took completely. Yeah, but they, listen, it. those same old school guys did. Don't listen to that bullshit, okay? Nothing I hate worse than a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. Nothing I hate worse than that. And those old school guys that sit there and bitch and piss and moan about things like that did just as ridiculous kinds of shit back in the day. There used to be a spot back in, it was real popular back in the day where you bumped the heel and the baby face walked up and acted like he was a dog pissing on him. You know, but I... that, was, that stuff's okay. You know what I mean? The, you know, um, but then you do something that they didn't come up with, they weren't a part of, and then they want to criticize it, which, of course, it's subjective, and everybody's going to have their own vision and their own way of doing it. But you did what you did, you and Spud did, in a believable fashion. Right. And I tell people all the time, you can do whatever you want to do once you step through those ropes in that ring as long as you do it within the context of a competitive situation. We still need to get it over that it's somebody yeah. trying to win the fucking match. And I'm so glad that you've called people hypocrites because I believe that there are so many hypocrites out there that will now just bury shit and they forget that back in the day, as you said, they tried stuff. Is, is there anything out there, Al, though, that does... What annoys you right now? Is there anything that annoys you on TV or when you go to Indies? Is there anything that's a complete fucking bugbearer to you when yeah. you go to shows, Al? One thing... One th and it always has annoyed me, and that is when I see guys, um, you know, that are in a locker room and they don't—they're not passionate about what they do. Right. They treat the wrestling business as a joke, you know, like it's a hobby, and it's not. But it you... never has been, nor will it ever be. The first part of professional is profession, which means it's a goddamn job. So you apply yourself just like a job. You you go out and you try to carry yourself as a professional and you are pursuing a career. Not that, in a, I get most guys these days don't do it for a living. They work a regular job, and then they go play wrestler on the weekend. But if you're gonna be in this business, truly be a professional wrestler, you don't treat it as a hobby. You don't treat it as a joke. You treat it with respect, and you treat it as a career. What do you think of Brock Lesnar? I'm not, direct, <laughs> I'm not directing this at you, right. okay? So please understand, because I know, I've been in the <laughs> ring with you, and I know that you, in spite of the way you look, I know that you actually can physically still go, mm -hmm. all right? But what really bothers me is that, uh, is watching these young guys, these young men, these young women, and at 56 years old, I'm in better, and I'm not talking from an aesthetic point of view, okay? 
I'm talking about the fact that physically at 10 minutes, I'm not blown up. <laughs> and that kid that's half my age is yeah. that is a disrespect to the wrestling business. It's a disrespect to the audience and it's a disrespect to themselves and their opponents because they're now in a ring with another human being. And one, they're probably very poorly trained. They don't really know what they're doing. I don't care how long they've been actually wrestling. They don't know how to work. Okay. That's another term that gets misused these days. I know you. And, and then they, but they pick a guy up and they want to do a spot that they saw this week on raw or new Japan or AEW they thought was cool and they want to emulate it. And they're so blown up that they end up hurting each other and causing quite honestly, like life changing injuries or potentially killing each other. Like there was a kid in Oklahoma that died a couple years ago, back in 2018 or 2017, took a spine buster, hit the back of his head, brain swelled, was in a coma for three days, had to pull a plug on him. Fuck, did I know how Macali, did I know how Macali, some shit like that. Uh, Kali, he uh, he, he powerbombed a guy and killed him. Aye, that's right. I remember that. That was, I mean, years ago, that, no? What do you think a wrestler actually needs? A young person out there, like, how much time do they need? How much how much time in the ring do they need? It takes, it takes, you need to be able to do it on a consistent, regular basis, and it takes years. It takes years to learn to work. Now, that is a different term than the way the, this generation uses it. This generation will say, oh, he's a great worker. He's a great worker, meaning based on what he does physically. That's not working. Hmm. Working a match is not what you physically do. Working a match is to, one, work with your opponent. Wrestlers today don't work with each other. They just do stuff to each other. You can see how it has. It's like a light switch. Go back and watch in the old days, in the 70s, the 80s, even the early 90s. You can see guys, the way they move with each other, it's totally different. It's so much smoother, the transitions, the everything happens more fluidly. And it always looks like they're trying to gain or maintain some kind of physical advantage on their opponent. Today, it's just click, now it's your turn, click, now it's my turn, click, now it's your turn, click, now it's my, I call it light switch wrestling. Hmm. No yeah. one sells because they don't know what selling actually is. And that to work is to sell. To work is to get an audience to believe a lie. It's a con. It's a sham. And the only lie that's ever been in professional wrestling is that the outcome is predetermined. Mm -hmm. So the only thing that we're ever selling from the moment we walk through the curtain to the moment we walk back is we're always trying to sell that audience into believing, buying, emotionally connecting to that finish. Because that's the most important thing. Do you think that for wrestlers these days, though, that the tools to tell stories like that are being removed for them a wee bit? Because not at all. But, but, but maybe, maybe. But in, I'm talking about like in the WWE, for example, where yeah, you see they didn't these take days, any of those tools away. Yeah, but when you see these days that you see there's finishing moves, finishing that's moves the wrestler's mean, fault. mean nothing. Well, I mean, that's, that's this is what I'm interested. It's, in. It is. It's the wrestler's fault. The, the wrestling business is the wrestler's business. Once a wrestler walks through the curtain, there is nothing anyone can do to help them and there is nothing anyone can do to hold them back period yeah no ifs ands or buts about it so you if all you guys blame the writers and you blame vince you ought to blame the talent because it's the talent's job babyface's job in that ring or blue eye as you guys call him is to get over make you want to be him or her a heel's job is to get that baby face over mm -hmm. not get heat 
It's to get the baby face over so that that way you do get heat. You get that emotional connection, that want, that need, that desire that drives people to want to pay to sit in that shitty seat and watch you. Well, this is the weird thing for me because as a comedian, if somebody were to say to me that I had to go on stage and use all my best material in the first five, ten minutes... Right. And then, you know, and don't build up to the kind of conclusion that I feel is right. There's no right. way I would do that. And so, you know, you see these wrestlers nowadays that go out and, they're, you know, they are using up all their finishing moves. And there's about three kickouts of their finishing moves and stuff like that. Do you think they should be making a harder line and saying, I'm just no doing that. I'm just no being that guy out there. I'm just no working that. That's style. up to them. They yeah. can do anything. They sell what they do. Mm -hmm. Okay. They stopped selling. What has changed is that the wrestler today sells what they do. And they are driven by the opinion of that vocal minority and not the mass audience because the mass audience pays to see who they are and why they did it. Period. Yeah. That's it. The whole angle between Grado and I was not about what I was going to do to him or what he was going to It was about who he was and who I was, me being the crotchety old vet that was sitting there giving him a hard time. And him, you know, and him being the young baby face that just wanted to get in the ring because he loved it. Aye. And he had to earn my respect to do it. Mm -hmm. That was the why. Yeah. That was what sold the match. It wasn't the who, it wasn't what, it, it, there were no big moves. There were no big bumps, you know. Do you think? The who and the why. In terms of characters in wrestling. You know, twin, that's what I'm saying, man. Al. 20 years ago, that attitude there. I remember as a young boy watching Raw, we got it on a Friday night, Al. And you could tell everybody in the roster's character, you know, right, there's yeah. the fucking pimp, there's the porn star, there's the dead man. It yeah. feels like in wrestling now, you know, there's two, there's, there's, there's no characters, man. There's nobody that's, that you can go, oh, he's the, the guy that does that. Yeah. He's the guy that does that. He's the guy the that does that. The most valuable tool that a wrestler has to develop is who they are. So mm -hmm. that you, the audience, can just turn to your friends and family and go, you got to watch this show with me. There's this guy, and he's A, B, C, D, E. If you can't describe a wrestler in a sentence or less, they ain't gonna, they're not going to sell tickets. They're mm -hmm. not going to draw you money. I don't care how good they are in the ring. They're not going to sell you tickets. Yeah. That's it. Now, there'll be those that'll argue, oh, you're wrong, you know, so-and-so with the WWE. Let me tell you something. WWE is what draws, not the wrestlers. WrestleMania, tell me in the last few years, a match that really sold WrestleMania. For the last few years, it, there hasn't been that. It's been WrestleMania sells WrestleMania, not, not that one match, not like that Cena Rock match, you know what yeah. I mean? Not like that Brock Lesnar Undertaker, because those had heat. There was that question, who's going to win, or how they're going to win, or what's going to happen. Tell me if there was a match like that in the research. And, and that's not a critique because WrestleMania and WWE is so massively successful. You know what I mean? You can't deny it. But describe describe wrestlers on the roster to me. Do you think you that, Al, do you think that maybe suits the WWE though these days that, that I, I kind of feel sometimes it feels like the WWE don't want any wrestlers to be bigger than the company, if you know what I mean. It kind of feels like WWE are quite no, happy with the, the company. No wrestling being... company wants, every wrestling company wants the wrestlers bigger than the company. That's how they, they're successful. Yeah, I mean, I who, can, who in their right mind goes into business to lose money? No, I mean, <laughs> nobody... the only way you make money is to make the wrestlers bigger than the company. 
Definitely, definitely. But I kind of feel like the WWE these days, they, they seem to have a wee bit of a reluctance to pull the trigger on people who it feels like the fans are starting to get behind. I mean, I, I really have enjoyed... Again, what... whose responsibility is that? It's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. No, I, I get mean, where I... you're coming, Rob. I get where you're coming from. Do you mean as in they, they don't have, in terms of the creative? No, I, I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about the fact. What are you talking about, Rob? You will see. You will see wrestlers who feel like they're on the cusp are really breaking through big time, and then you know you see this pattern of them stalling. They, it can't. Eat. That's because they drop the ball. They do little things that they're not even aware of that they they end up not doing the right things at the right time or or they end up there's a they, they, every match has a purpose has a business okay just so we understand yeah so if I want you to six months from now use you as the next guy that I'm going to book against the heavyweight champion well I need you to start looking like that now problem is wrestling business is not very communicative not very verbal. Yeah. So they don't tell you. So you got to go out there and start making yourself look like you could potentially be the next heavyweight champion. Does that mean that you're going to have that five-star competitive match? Well, no, you can't. Because if you go out there with this guy, right, that's booked at the bottom of the card and you had to go seven, eight minutes of a competition with him, well, then what makes me think as a fan that you're going to have a chance further up the ladder against the heavyweight champion? Yeah, yeah. So you, that guy, you got to take more of that match physically. Right. But Robbie, you got to not sell as much of what the other guy does to you, so that you clearly look like you're here, and he looks like he's here. Case in point. Okay, what I even did the same mistake. A lot of guys do because they all want to have that great match. Mm -hmm. So you get a tryout with WWE. Let's say, okay, back in the day. And this is and just so I have to quantify everything because somebody out there is going to be listening. They're going to have their opinion and they're not going to actually get the intent behind what I'm actually talking about. So give me a second. It takes a little longer to have to explain <laughs> for the idiots that think they know what they're talking about. They're <laughs> so you get a tryout match. First and foremost, what you want to do is you want to show them how good you are in the ring. That's not what that tryout match is for. They know you're good in the ring or else you wouldn't be in the goddamn ring. They want to see if you know how to be a star. That's the difference. But you want to show them how great a wrestler you are. Yeah. And you want to have a great match. Okay. I can okay? do this move. So you're going to go wrestle Funaki. Now, again, let's make it clear. Funaki is an incredibly talented, great person. He actually, you know, and the reason they kept him there in the company for years is because he served a purpose. He was very good. Meaning, if you have a bad match with Funaki... You ain't going to have a good match with anybody because if you can't have a good match with Funaki, you might as well hang up your boots. All right. That's why they put him in there with you yeah. because they know what he can do. And now he's the barometer to see what you can do. But now let's put this into perspective. Funaki's booked where? He's booked at the very bottom of the card, right? And let's put him in terms of physical. You're 6'2", 6'3", you're 270. Funaki's 5'8", and he's about a buck 90. All right. Mm -hmm. But you want to have that great match. You want to show them what you can do. So in order to do that, you've got to have a competitive match with Funaki, which means you've either A, raised Funaki to your level, or B, you've lowered yourself to his. And yeah. most of the time, you've lowered yourself to his. So now I'm not watching you seeing a potentially future heavyweight champion. 
I'm watching some big guy that doesn't know how to fucking work his size. <laughs> <laughs> now, prove my point. If Hunter Hearst Helmsley were to go work with Funaki, would it still be a great entertaining match? Absolutely. But would Hunter always look like he's Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Triple H, and would Funaki always look like Funaki at the bottom of the card? Would you ever think that they would ever be on the same level? No. And that is knowing the right business. So to answer your question, the wrestler who the fans are getting behind decides he wants to have that great match, which is only driven by the vocal minority in their opinion, and then ends up shooting himself in the foot without even realizing it. Because who was in the ring? And they can make themselves a star or they can make themselves a dud. That's totally on them. I made the same mistakes, went through the same things. I had so many opportunities, more opportunities you could imagine. You had a lot of TV time, man. Oh, man, I was on TV three times a week. Fucking all. I could have capitalized in so many ways if I hadn't been so caught up in, I just want to be a great wrestler. I just want to have that great match. But when did that sink in for you? When did that sink in for you? When I started teaching other people. Really? Then I started, yeah. And then I started looking back and going, oh, that's where I screwed up. Oh, that's where I made a mistake. Oh, you know, they didn't hold me back. I held myself back. So you're a trainer now, right? And we've just spoke about the the amount of time that you had on TV over the years. What would you say was your most enjoyable time of your career? Like when you, I mean, was it when you were making the best money? Or was it, you know... No. No? No. When was it? Money, all the money is, is nothing more than a sign of how much somebody respects, appreciates, and values what you do. Right. That's all it's for. And, you know, that and you can, you know, maybe buy you a date or something. But (laughs) I don't know if anybody has enough money for that. Well, chop Um, in, big man. (laughs) um, Well, I was in Smoky Mountain, man. Like, and I made mistakes there, like that I should have done differently, but like mentally, physically, like I was clicking, like everything was easy. Like I could go out there and just, man, it was, it was so, so much fun. And, you know, even when, like, even back in the day, like, you know, when I wasn't making any money, I mean, I'd, you know, I'd have to cook a sandwich on my engine of my car, heat it up, you know, um, it was so much fun getting a car, you drive for hours, you know, <laughs> it drives me nuts to hear these young wrestlers and they're like, Oh, I'm paying my dues. I'm going to, you know, I'm riding to, to the towns. No, you're not paying your dues. That's why you got in the wrestling business was to drive to the towns to do the shows. Now you're treating it like it's a cross you have to bear. Nobody drove to your house and asked you to come into the wrestling business. Shut up. <laughs> do you ever get heartbroken to think the fact that you will never, ever, ever be able to use Gary Glitter as a theme song anymore? He... Yeah, that's a that's been a that's been a tough one to take. Has that been a tough I'd one to take? Because you know, it was a shocker. That was a shocker when all that broke through. But, you know what I mean? You know, let's face it. You people over there, you're an island people. You you, you have strange culture and a lot of customs <laughs> that just don't make sense to a lot of other people. But, but, but you know, that was in the Joker movie. That song. Yeah, I know. Did you hear yeah. about it? And I thought about you instantly. I was yeah, like, Fuck. I immediately jumped up out of my seat and started to make a ring entrance. And <laughs> <laughs> <In> the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> right, Al, before we wrap up here, Grado's going to ask you some quick-fire oh. questions that you're going to hate. All right, okay. Right, okay. Done this, right. First wrestling match you watched? First wrestling match I watched would have been back in the 70s, and it would have been Ed Farhat's territory, uh, the TV matches with uh, the original Sheik. Oh, fuck, the original Sheik. Uh, best match you've wrestled in? I don't. I don't know. It's hard to. It'd be hard to say. I've. I've. Every time I go out there, I'd love to do what I do. So I, there's. It's hard to pick just one. Kennel for hell. 
Uh, that one, no, that wouldn't be up one of the best ones. Didn't, didn't think so. I know uh, she, I know uh, she didn't mention the Gradle match either. <laughs> I've noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, both of them were like working with dogs. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I guess. Uh, favorite opponent? Favorite opponent? Uh, your mom. <laughs> <laughs> she was good. Hey, she could work. Yeah, she could work. <laughs> she could work. Favorite wrestler of all time. Son. <laughs> Better son. Uh, favorite wrestler of all time? Uh, Terry Funk. Oh. oh, that's a good one. And uh, what's your favorite tag teams? Never get enough praise. What's, yeah. your fa- what's your favorite tag team of all time? Ah, uh, the Rock and Roll Express. Oh. Without a doubt, those guys. Let me tell you something. You want to see over? You want to know what over is? Watch any of those videos back in the day. Whenever they went into any territory, those guys were so ridiculously over you want to see over watch world-class championship wrestling when the von erics would try to go to the ring oh, well. and the women literally women crawling all over they had Getting to pull them out. oh my god that's Fuck. over Aye. you understand not that's where beautiful. these people just cheer or chant something or do your catchphrase that's what you need where to aspire people in. get mm-hmm. so emotionally evolved that they forget they're just watching a wrestling show and they take physical action that's heat why didn't the new rockers work Oh, because you put new in front of it. Aye, basically and, rehash and, it, and, and you know, and, and I completely understand. Like Marty didn't have never had a, his heart in it because, and rightfully so, I think he kind of felt that it was a little bit of a disrespect to what he and Sean had done. You know, if they'd have given us some different gimmick and not just repackaged it and you know called it new rockers, if they'd have called it something else, and it was just me and Marty. Marty would have been a hundred percent into mm-hmm. it, but you know they tried to recycle you know, the gimmick, and it that, that never works. Anytime you put new in front of anything, you've already made it old. Yeah. It, it ain't going to happen, I'm telling you. Mm. What about the it's because it's not, it's not who, you know, Marty and I were not, we were a really good team, and I learned a lot from Marty. And Marty, let me tell you something, like, people don't value or appreciate, because, you know, they always say, oh, the Marty Genetiev team. I hate that. Brother, uh, he was, he was really the foundation guy. of that team. He was the guy that taught Sean. You know, and and really knew how to work, mm. and you know he really and he he's, people don't appreciate just how talented he really was, yeah. uh, and still is. Uh, you know. Well, listen, Al, I can't thank you enough for doing this for us. This has been so great and great to have you as our second guest on the show. This is this is great well, stuff. I oh, is there anything you want to plug in terms of? Uh, I know you've got your YouTube show coming up. When will that be coming? So I want to get people to. Um, that, man. It's live every Tuesday night on YouTube. Go to OVWTV. Because we're we produce uh, live television, we're at uh, we're the longest running uh, consecutive episodes on local broadcast TV wrestling show in the history Beautiful. of uh, TV. Um, we're at episode one thousand fifty five. Last oh, year, right. October tenth, we did our one thousandth consecutive consecutive broadcast television episode. Although I think so, I take it you don't have the library though for like the the, the start yet. Do you own that? The library, yeah, I own the library. So mm-hmm. even back for like Lesnar and Shelton yeah. and all that. You, oh, seriously? I own uh, WWE owns from like one to four fifty six, right? And I own from four fifty seven on. Oh, that's a good. And you can you can watch any of that. Uh, we've got our own streaming network. It's uh, ovwwrestlingnetwork.com, um, and you can sign up. It's four ninety nine a month, but you can watch all that old stuff. We have all the old stuff. We put all the new stuff, all the recent stuff up there. Um, we've got, you know, like I said, we've got going on, you know, we're working towards, uh, episode 1100 here soon. So, beautiful, you know, will you come back and talk to us sometime, Al? 
Sure, absolutely. Did yeah. you enjoy it? You did not to. Uh, I, I think your partner's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'll see you at OVW 1100. Am I booked? Yeah. Don't 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 threaten me. <laughs> oh, don't honestly, me. honestly, it's an absolute honor, and I hope I bump into you. Very soon. I'll you have and to, the missus as well. And I'll, I'll have to say, this guy genuinely does love you, by the way. <laughs> he was very excited about having Listen, you on I this. love him too. I really do. I just, but I don't like to admit it in public. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't. You don't. You don't. Well, Cheers, Al. Thanks, thanks so very much. much. All right. See you later on, pal. Bye-bye. See you, man. Bye-bye. Bye. It's now time for your chance to win beer in our Beer 52 match of the week. Each week, we're going to give you a classic wrestling match to watch. It's a match that we all love to go back and relive. And all you have to do is answer a question regarding that match. So everybody that gets the right answer to the question regarding the match will go into a draw to win the beer. And you can enter by commenting on the link on the Wrestling Daft Facebook page or tweet it to at Wrestling Daft. You must be 18 or over because you can't be drinking beer under the age of 18 year old. My match this week is for WCW Nitro, 9th of August 1999. I'll tell you what it was. It was Sting Goldberg and Hogan in a six-man versus Nash, Sid, and Rick Steiner. I'm sure it's Rick Steiner. Now, what was special about that match was Hogan had been in his black and white for the, the years prior, mm-hmm. and he had just turned back babyface. And the best thing about this match is the entrances. You know me, mate. I love my entrances. Entr- I'm an entrance guy. I'm an entrance guy. This match is so special because you go watch back the crowd's reaction to Hogan coming back out with a black and yellow, coming out to American made, it's brilliant, special thing about us, he wants that bell rings, it doesn't really matter what happens, because the reaction's already been there, you've already lived that moment that Hogan is back in the black and yellow, but the, the match the red, itself, the red, the red and yellow how would I say? The black. <laughs> red and yellow, red and yellow, black, black and yellow. Black. Finally, he's back in the black and yellow. Look, everybody. Margaret, here's Hogan back in his black and yellow. Why don't you watch? But no, if you're fucking colourblind, man. <laughs> Apologies, red and yellow. So watch that match for Nitro. It's a six man, it's no long, but for a TV match, for a TV match, it's incredible. Get yourself on YouTube, watch that, or. Uh, if you're subscribed to the WWE Network, watch it that way and tell me who pins who. What's the finish of the match? All you need to do is watch that match and find out who pins who. And uh, once you get that answer, tweet us, Facebook us, whatever. And here, what are you You can what get free beer for Beer 52 as well. Well, get away. All you need to do is go to beer52.com slash wrestling and we can sort out free beers for you cover just 4 95 for the postage 5 quid for the postage we'll send you some free beer and as you're a wrestling daft listener we give 2 extra free beers on your first box so that's a total of 10 teen, teen free beers teen as, free beers Chris. free beers as Grado would say and as you're a wrestling daft listener 10 free beers do you know what would be better than 10 free beers 12 11 oh fuck that would your first box will be <laughs> your first box will be sent to you next day and will contain beer from all over Korea. Not just one city in Korea. Not just one city in Korea. No not just they Korea cities beer. They get it for that one. All over Korea. No. Would they get it for that one no, in Korea? Mate, all over Korea. No, but hold on. Which the one where the cunt doesn't let you do nothing? North Korea. Aye. So you're gonna get beer for the other no? How's that getting out of there? Because he that's what he does with his spare God, time. We, he we, brews we, some beer. He brews up a beer, he sponsors wee podcasts. Fuck, man, we let Dennis Rodman here, man. It's a monthly subscription service for beer. 
And Beer 52, Disney Hodgey to ransom either. You can leave at any time. You can leave at any time, all right? So you're not going to be held prisoner by some Beer 52 kind of organisation. But I mean, come on, st- <laughs> stick with it, man. That's Beer Cunt's been going on about career collecting, collecting beers, you know what I mean? He's put on a graft. So just <laughs> go to beer52.com slash wrestling, get your first case of Den beers for free, get your pals up the house, have a career night, launch some rockets in the air. And, and celebrate your special relationship with fucking Donald Trump. And watch Hogan and his black and yellow. And see who <laughs> pins who. I'll give you a clue. Nobody's pinning Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, I'll tell you what. I hope Terry's not listening. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I, ho- I really hope Terry's not listening. Because uh, yeah. I tell you, we're going to be the new. It'll be straight. Graham, brother. Sorry, Terry. Didn't mean it, Amphibeast Hunters. <laughs> I just wanted to talk to you about that time you put the suntan oil on your daughter. Thank you for listening to another fantastic episode of Wrestling Daft. Thank you to Al Snow for coming on the show. Cheers, Al Snowplow. Thank you, Alexander Snow. Al Sarvin is his real name. Is it? Aye. Alan Sarvin. He's starving. <laughs> He's wanting on Wrestling Daft. That was brilliant, we Grado. Rab- and Grado, mm-hmm. we p- stick together like Play-Doh. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's yeah, keep that I in, like brother. That. Keep it. We'll, keep, we'll work on that over yeah, the weeks. Yeah, let's work on let's it. Let's develop that over the weeks. We'll talk about that. Thanks for listening to the show, everybody. Thanks for putting up the part of cannons. We're blasting it full force. This episode, I'm sure you'll agree. Uh, Grado, we know what you've got coming up this week. You've got uh, ICW Fear and Loathing. Uh, uh, night one, yep. Saturday night. And uh, you know what? I'm buzzing as a wrestler. I can't wait to be back at SWG3. What a crowd. ICW, I have absolutely missed being in these big ICW shows, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to get him because I have a brand new leotard for Saturday. And I'm also going to have new boots. And I'll tell you what, <laughs> I told Shah that my colours are black and purple. Now, when we have big shows at Fear and Loven, usually guys will, you know, try and think that they've reinvented the wheel by wearing white or something. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because no, he's dressed no. me now. He's told me that every country has got fucking black and purple gear this weekend. Oh, <laughs> so God. if you're coming as Burnless and make sure you've I'm not wearing black, black and purple. purple, mate. Aye. So that's the Well deal. I'm not telling you how uh, I'm involved, but I just I will be involved in some capacity. Uh when we're winning that winning all the belts you and Connell I can get up he's man I'm the new face ICW man thanks for listening to Wrestling Daft (laughs) (laughs) thanks for listening to Wrestling Daft folks Uh, we have to go now I have to go home back to Helensburg Uh, Grado has to go and get his leotard put it on and then instantly regret the colours that he's chosen Uh, thanks for listening so much keep keep tweeting us keep tweeting us with praise we like to see praise we're very fragile men that's why we're in the entertainment business we like to see people praising us it makes us feel a wee bit better about our lives and I hope you all have a fantastic week keep watching the wrestling and Grado it shall sell it shall sell Grado it's me 11 11 oh I'm Scottish and I love to be for the wee places in Scotland this is 4 Network.